This is the Coleman Chaos Podcast, episode 21. I'm Thomas. I'm Matt. I'm Jaden. I'm Dakota. And I'm also Matt. We're just a couple of everyday guys trying to become better versions of ourselves. Welcome to our conversation. Because the world is chaos. Show or feel no nervousness, anger, or other strong emotion. Complete disorder or confusion. We're not only training our, you know, our defensive mindsets. We're also working, you know, in our spiritual lives and trying to make ourselves better human beings. Welcome back to the Comic Chaos Podcast, episode 21. And as you might have heard in the intro, we do have another guest. We have Matt Olian and Matt Reitler. So I think we're just going to call both of them Matt, so good luck figuring it out. Um, but we're, I think we're just going to start off where Matt's going to kind of give you a quick intro to his story. And you, he went to Bible school, is it technically? Yeah. 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 yeah a Bible school somewhere. So he'll, he'll tell us about that and everything else that his life entails so take it away Matt right, well first of all thank you guys for having me nope you're not welcome <laughs> long time coming uh, <laughs> like you said my name's Matt I'm Thomas's younger brother um, I grew up kind of the same way as most of these guys uh, went to the same school Evangel Heights um, went going to church all the time uh, Sundays youth group stuff like that um, as far as guns and stuff goes, um, hunting has been a big part of my life. And then the, recently I've been getting more into the shooting and uh, the tactical the stuff. Tactical stuff. I uh, hate that word. I hate that word. I do too. Tactical. Do. It just makes it sound so cheesy. It does. Uh, but how would you describe it? <laughs> I mean, it is the tactical stuff. You guys have full Functional. chest rigs. Oh. Functional. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So I've been getting into that, uh, and basically, cool. I'm going with tactical. Tactical. Fine. Tactical. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna <laughs> tactical. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna get you one of those Green Bay Packers cheesehead things. Yes. <laughs> I can't. I'm not getting past tactical. Tactical. <laughs> Have you never heard that phrase before? No. no. That's amazing. That's, <laughs> that's so great. good. Yeah, I've, I've definitely heard that one before. Okay, continue. <laughs> but uh, I've been kind of stealing. All my ideas from Thomas, buying stuff. That's what everybody has done. <laughs> He's not wrong. Borrowing his old stuff. Uh, but that's how I got into the, to the more um, modern, tactical stuff. <laughs> See, but you didn't completely follow his uh, his path because you got a Glock, which means you're cooler anyway. So Because, hey. because, be- because there are stupid rules set forth by the ATF, and he's... Not 21 the AFT. yet. The AFT. Oh, can you not? Like, he can't buy a handgun. So he, that's why he built one. Uh, He's not 21. <laughs> uh, Nobody cares on here, Matt. <laughs> I mean, but he could... You could You could have bought him one. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> so what... After, after high school, you went to this Miracle Mountain Ranch. Yeah. Let's talk about that. 
Yeah, so uh, Miracle Mountain Ranch, it's uh, primarily, they uh, they run a summer camp, and I grew up going there every summer, and I, I worked there through the summers in high school. It's an awesome place. Um, they also run a uh, program called the School of Discipleship, which is a one-year program. Uh, it starts in the fall, runs clear through uh, like a normal college year, and then in the summer, you stay on and work. Uh for the summer camp um it's it's an awesome program focusing on just discipleship and um learn a lot of awesome things really digging into the bible um changed my life for sure uh i recommend it if uh if any of your listeners are wanting to grow in their relationship with god and are looking at a gap year program go check it out it's miracle mountain ranch school discipleship um 100 recommend it i kind of regret not doing it some days yeah. my my mom went back in the the olden days back in she was, i think she was one of the first classes one of the first classes your mom went to wvu too didn't she no she no. went her um she went to meredith manor oh it was, yeah it's near clarksburg yeah that's where i was um, born yeah um it's like a it's a riding school. She I think she has a master's degree in horses. Yeah, huh. I That's think awesome. I, I could I is. could be wrong. It could be just a bachelor's degree, but um, it's gotta it's, be called something better than horses. It's not a horse. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like it's like a equestrian something. Or there other. you go. There that, you that's go. another thing too. Miracle Mountain Ranch has a ton of horses, and they do a lot of horse related activities. And uh, our mom teaches there a lot. She's actually there this week. Yeah. Um, How far is that? Where is that located? It's like two hours. Corey, um, Pennsylvania. Corey? Well, okay, you Spring know, Creek. You know, you guys were up in the ANF for that hike. Yeah. It's probably like 45 minutes to an hour west. Of the the hike where me and Jake Lydic almost fought each other on top of a mountain? Yeah, that one. <laughs> yeah. It's probably yeah. north. It's probably northwest of where you guys were. It sounded like you guys weren't too far up there. Yeah. But it was, so it was probably So like the Allegheny National Forest. Do you know where Warren is? Like the person? Warren, no, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. No. <laughs> Okay, so it's like an hour south. What do you say? An hour south of Erie or forty-five minutes? I barely know where uh, I am. Forty-five right now. minutes southeast of Erie. <laughs> Guys, I don't know where I am right now. Oh, <laughs> um. On a side note, if you have kids, send your send them to a Miracle Mountain Ranch for summer camp this summer. Yeah, I definitely suggest any camp. Yeah. Even if it's not that one. Like, they also run this awesome program called Wilderness Camp. Uh, the guy that runs it is awesome. That's not Man Camp, is it? No. No. Oh. Um, I mean, it's it's Miracle Mountain Ranch's version of Man Camp. Uh. We, so I've worked in Wilderness Camp for the last couple summers, and uh, we do some awesome things. Uh, there's a week full of paintball, and there's also a week that we get out on the Allegheny River and do a canoe trip for a couple days. So am I too old to go to camp? Yes. Dang. Volunteer. I already volunteered at a camp. Dang. How many weeks are they doing it this summer? Wilderness? Yeah. There's uh, one week of the normal wilderness camp, one week of paintball, and one week of the... It's called Absolute Bearing, where we get out on the river. That's dope. It's sweet. That's really cool. It's a cool. lot of fun. What, uh, do you have the dates? Get him the dates. I have the dates. Go volunteer at the ranch. I'm probably not going to be in the uh, I'll put in. I'll country. put in a good word for you. I'll when, be there. When is it? I'll be there this summer. What, what, do you know, like, it's a month? Until July sometime. July. They're in July. Okay, well, my camp's in July. Maybe. I I'm going days. to Guatemala for 24 days. In August? Hmm? Uh, I'm in also August? going on vacation no. in August. Dang. Jaden will have to do it next summer. Yeah. I'm next actually... Summer. that I might be down. Talk to Teddy. That's dope. 
I'll put in a good word for I it. went to school for two years for wildlife and fisheries. I could be an asset. Or just an ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little bit of both. Um, okay. There's the explicit warning, sorry. Yeah, now I gotta put explicit on this yeah, episode. Yeah. It's been. I think that's been most of them. I, I they, like the, it's been like it's been like the last five, probably. The, yeah, there have been some. That, actually, I don't. It may have been the last five, but I only put explicit warnings on two of them. And there's gotta be like a, a number, right? Like a line, right? You can't just mm-hmm. drop one. Eight, I think it depends on the words. Yeah, it has to. I think. I think. I think. Well, it. I could post it and not put an explicit warning on any of them. Doesn't matter. Would we get sued? I have no idea. <laughs> probably don't have enough listeners to yeah I don't, I don't think anyone really cares not, the people that listen don't care yeah well we i had that's why i started putting explicit warnings because i heard some of the kids that my youth group started or our youth group started listening and i was like i should probably put some explicit warnings on these yeah, ones my, where we my sister listens to these i think some of mateo's little friends listen to oh my gosh oh, what are we doing yeah sorry guys sorry, this, kids. Was, this was supposed to be positive <laughs> ruining lives <laughs> are we ruining or are we enlightening <laughs> a little bit of both Fair. uh okay so we want to get into some biblical theological stuff with you because you did go to this Bible camp and you do have some good biblical theological knowledge that we want to pick your brain about. So um, I know earlier we were talking about some stuff in Genesis that Matt was studying before we started recording. Um, I guess I'll open up the floor. Does anyone want to ask any specific questions that we can all like figure out, tear apart? Does anyone have anything they've been studying they want to talk about? Thomas is thinking actually, real intently. Actually, I mean, it's not necessarily getting into, um, by, like, into the scripture just yet. But there, um, there was, we had talked a while ago about like churches and the different preaching t- styles. Oh uh, yeah. Talk about that for a second. Yeah. So, um, the church that I uh, I go to currently here, New Life, um, they typically do topical preaching where they have. Um, like a topic picked and then they'll pull verses out like from different places in the Bible to use in their message. Uh, and that's, that's a very commonly used method of preaching. My personal favorite is it's called expository preaching where the, the pastor takes a chunk of verses and he just preaches straight out of that. Uh, sometimes they'll pull in a couple verses to like bring out a point, give context. Yeah. Give context. Um, or to like, reinforce yeah, reinforce yeah. it um the uh church i went to when i was up there for uh school last year that's how he uh taught and i loved it it was incredible um i think i think that's how i teach that's how that's how they taught us to write messages while we were up there and i wrote i wrote mine out of ephesians 2 1 through 10 and uh it's hard to uh keep it like short yeah you can you can once you dig into verses like that like a a passage you can it's it's real easy to get Get, really long with it get lost in the sauce it's pretty cool Mm -hmm. i I love it Uh, and those are the only two that i'm aware of i'm sure there might be other ones but those are the two main preaching methods Mm -hmm. i don't i don't think you guys would have had this but it was because it was my 10th grade year yeah, it was my tenth grade year, so which would have been your guy. You would have been in eighth grade, and yeah, no, so you wouldn't have had this. Um, but Mrs. Bartholik, um was our Bible teacher for ninth and tenth grade, and our final project for tenth grade was, or it might not have even been our final project, but we had to. Um, we were assigned a chunk of scripture out of the Book of Romans, 
and we had Good to book. and we had to teach like a 20 minute minimum lesson dang on that i feel like i Which did was, that it was it was really cool i don't know if that was a class but i feel like i did that um no i i think that that's how my brain works that that what's that what was it called the second way <coughs> expository expository i think that's how my brain works when i'm thinking of a lesson to teach i'll, I'll take a book and i'll just tear apart the verses there and get a lesson out of that yeah when 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 it comes to actually like trying to make a message or trying to teach something and it's like just pulling a bunch of verses from everywhere and then like making a topic out of it that is really difficult for my brain it's hard and it's also really easy to to pull verses and take them out of context and use them wrong mm -hmm. which is one of the main problems i have with topical preaching uh, because you're not using the whole ver like section of verses surrounding that so it i've i've seen people take a verse out of context in a message and then it's not biblical. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's that's a big that's a big no go. <laughs> so, it, advantages and disadvantages to both. Go. Um. Uh. One of the. Because I feel hard. I feel I feel that topical. Sermons are more relatable. I think topical sermons are necessary at some points uh and they are more relatable sometimes um an advantage to them is that if there's an issue going on uh, that that needs talked about um it's easy to to do your research and then pick a topic that needs talked about and then and then write your message off of that yeah so topical preaching like that that is an advantage um, because you can, it's easier to get a certain message out there. I um, think I think we like the expository type more because we like to dig in. Yeah. I think the topical preaching and stuff like that is more like, yeah, here's a bunch of things that the Bible says and here's a lesson about it. But like, I, I like the expository, expository? Yeah, I like the expository one because it's teaching me a passage and then I learn that story in depth and then I can take that and I can reuse it and teach it again. See, I like I like both in like in their own regard. I don't dislike either one or think one's I don't I don't know, I guess I have to be careful with that. I I don't want to say that one is better or worse than the other. You connect with both, one more or less. Both are effective in their own way. Mhm. Mm so, like, I, like I said, the yes, the expository, if you're trying to learn scripture, is definitely more effective. If you're trying to learn the lessons that the Bible has to teach, is definitely the way to go. But I think in whenever it comes to certain topics, I can't even list one off the top of my head, but whenever it comes to certain things, the topical ones are definitely... Because they're because they're more relatable, they're more informal, easier to understand. That was a yeah. lot of like Paul's letters and stuff like that. They were kind of like topical to yeah, war, yeah, a they, certain they church were. and whatever they had going on. For sure. So I think like a lot of the letters would be more topical in a sense. I think everybody's different in their learning styles. Like for instance, some people are visual learners. Some people have to hear things that are taught. But I think it's just how your brain works and how you grasp different concepts. But I think the expository 
method would be more geared towards like a Bible study kind of thing, yeah. which is kind of yeah. like what we do here every time we get together. So I think that's probably why we probably connect with that method a little bit better. Plus, you know, you know what else is, you know how like we would just like when we tell stories, we tell every little detail that comes into our mind just to like give you such a better background picture. Mm-hmm. Like that, I feel like that is also kind of part of why we might link with that one more. Another, yeah. another thing with expository preaching and topical, I think personally, I I learn more and I I believe I experience more growth uh, through hearing expository preaching. Topical, I think, is more. Uh, useful for newer Christians. Yeah, I was gonna say something um, like that. For for a more mature Christian, um, I believe expository preaching oftentimes um, is more. It, it gets more in depth. Kind of like a it, milk it, versus solid food. Yeah, you can, it, the expository preaching is way, it can get way deeper than topical ones, it, in my experience. Um, and that's one of the things that I really love about it. So, so uh, I know that we've talked about this on other episodes before, and we like just beat around the bush until you got here, but spiritual gifts. <laughs> Thomas kept saying he wanted you to be here for it, so... I don't know if you have like opinions on it or like what you have, but I'd love to talk about that. What questions do you have about it? <laughs> I I haven't studied them a whole lot, but I do have like opinions. But it, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, let's just get into some stuff. Let's let's but let's let's I don't know, let's start like real basic like. So hold on, the oh, Holy oh, Spirit oh. is incredible. <laughs> we'll start with that. He's got a separate <laughs> notebook. Hold I've on. Never even seen that notebook. Nope. The Holy I mean, this is like yellow paper, legal pad, spiral. Like Lots of what, notes. That's what we've got here. Never wow. before seen. He's flipping like 20 pages in for these. And it's that's UFC tough. debut. What? Yeah. I wish. Um, well, I Matt, what, what that, are... That's in Corinthians, isn't it? Yeah, First yes, Corinthians, sir. I believe. Isn't there some in Romans as well? Though? There's stuff in Romans. Matt, I get think. your Bowie knife off the table. So, First Corinthians 12, 13, and 14. 12 talks about gifts. 13 is the, the love chapter. And then 14 talks about more gifts and other things. Uh, so whenever it comes to spiritual gifts, uh, I usually go to First Corinthians. Okay. So... Um, so I asked, I remember when we were first talking about spiritual gifts, uh, I asked Matt this question, and I guess I'll open it up to the class. So I, I asked Matt, I was like, what do you think your spiritual gifts are? And then I think he said, I'm not sure. I still need to search for those. And then I said, well, do you think that you need to know your spiritual gifts? Do you think that you're already using one of your spiritual gifts? Do you like... Stuff like that. So I get, yeah, I'll open that up to you guys. Like, what do you think that your spiritual gifts are? Like, what do you think God is using you to do? So there's, <laughs> there's the spiritual gifts that the Bible talks about, which are like healing, tongues, stuff like that. But there's also more uh, generic. Uh, everyday. Yeah, like like you said, uh, what 
you talked about it on one of the last episodes. Uh, one of mine? Yeah, one of yours. Like discernment, empathy. It's yeah. Like, I mean, like, like people I think come I'm and empath. talk to you yeah. about stuff, and you you can give counsel to them. Yes. I believe that would be a, a more... Um, that's a spiritual gift, I would say, but it's it's a different kind. I th- in, in the Bible, I think it's portrayed as discernment. Yeah. And the world that is not of the Bible th- calls it being an empath um like when people when people are around me i can look at someone and i can tell like their emotions like you know when people are like i can see your aura it's this color it's kind of like that like we were we were at a graduation this weekend and i was looking at these high schoolers that were walking up on stage and i looked at this one girl that was standing there accepting her award and i could just see in her and like the 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 teacher was like giving her an award for being a helpful loving student who's really nice to her classmates and is just always there to help and I, I was looking at her and i could see in her that there was something wrong i was like you're like you're depressed about something but you're not telling anyone and like i it was just like i could see it and that that's kind of like what mine is and then when people come talk to me i know how to help them in that way yeah and like that that seems like a flashy one like, it's one of those spiritual gifts. like, oh, he sees people's emotions and he's good at help. I hate it, dude. Dude, you know how much, like, actual stress that puts on me all the time? I'm walking through Walmart and I'm like, man, she got abused. <laughs> like, I don't want to know that. <laughs> Dang. Wow. That's, yeah, that would be rough. Dude, my, me and my mom talk about it all the time because she has it too, where people just, they'll come to us with these problems. And I'm like, why is this my problem now? I've done that. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't, but like with you, it's okay because you're my friend. But like, there's random people that'll come up to me and like start pouring their heart out, and I'm like, I, what? G- go away. <laughs> <laughs> See that? That's not something that I think comes naturally to me. But I've experienced it to an extent from counseling at the summer camp, mm-hmm. and it is it's very difficult. And sometimes it's like, man, I really don't don't want to know all this stuff. <laughs> I, I actually I do think this is a, that's a good point. I think that most of the spiritual gifts, yes, we are given certain spiritual gifts by God and some people are given certain ones and other people don't have those things. But I think that if you are working within the spirit and you are of God and you are digging in, studying, you're doing all these things, God will give you the spiritual gifts he wants you to have in the times that he wants you to have them. So like this, the, the summer camp thing, you say that normally it doesn't come to you. Normally that's not something that you think about or it happens often. But in that moment, one of those kids probably needed your help and you were there for him. So God was like, I'm going to let him understand this. I'm going to give that to him right here, right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, the pizza's here. <laughs> Another thing too, in my experience, in those situations, I don't know what to say. And like if a kid kid will be talking to me and... And uh, let's say tells me about abusive parents, something like that, because that's happened, and that's that's, that's hard. so rough, dude. I've that had that is, happen too. That is the most heartbreaking thing ever. And to know at the end of the week of counseling them that you're sending them back to their families, yep. And I don't know what to say to them. And in those moments, the Holy Spirit just like talks for me because I don't remember what I say. One hundred percent. And that I think putting yourself in circumstances where you are not comfortable is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit will grow you the most. Yeah. I I don't know if I've said this story on the podcast. I think I've told you guys, but going off of that, I've had 
a very similar situation where I was at camp and I had, so I'm the middle school boys counselor and then my friends are the middle school girls counselors. And I'm sitting there all week and I have this boy who's just like, he keeps going up to the altar. He keeps crying his eyes out and praying. And I'm like, I don't know what he's searching for. And it was blank to me. Like it was one of those times where I just, I couldn't read him. And then I was standing there while they were, all the kids were up and they were just bawling their eyes out. The Holy Spirit was down in that moment and it was there. It was encompassing this camp. And his sister came up to one of the girl leaders that I was standing beside and she starts bawling her eyes out in the counselor's arms and she's saying that her dad abuses her brother and her brother's one of my boys. Her dad abuses her brother and that when they go home he knows that it's just gonna she knows that it's just gonna happen again and there's nothing she can do and in that moment i lost it i i started having a panic attack because i felt all of her emotion enter my body all of that pain that she felt for her brother entered me and i felt that pain and i was like how do i like how do i fix this like what do i do there's there's nothing i can do this kid's gonna go back home to an abusive father that's just gonna beat him for just being a happy kid this kid wasn't a bad kid he wasn't doing anything wrong he's not into drugs he's not smoking underage drinking underage he's a good kid but just because he was so energetic and happy his dad beat him and there was nothing i could do and his sister was bawling her eyes out feeling her brother's pain so upset and sad for her for him and I got angry at God in that moment. I was like, for the boy, I can see how maybe when he grows up, this is gonna make him stronger. This is gonna help him help others. This is, this is gonna, he's gonna come out the other end of this and he, he might be perfectly fine and stronger for it. Because I, as him, I knew him and he, he's a strong kid and he'll be okay. Like, it's obviously not okay that his dad hits him, but he'll be okay emotionally mentally but i was angry because i was like why his sister what is she learning from this what is she gaining from this this is just hurting her in no way that she, like, she's not going to get anything from it and i was just struggling with it struggling with it and i was just i had a panic attack and i walked away from the entire crowd sat in a field by myself and was just looking up at the stars and there was like a cross at the end of the field it was literally out of a movie it was one of the prettiest things ever but the only thing that came to mind in this moment of prayer and me being torn apart by these feelings was be still and know that I am God. I was just thinking that right now. <laughs> yeah, like just just know that through everything I can make a new, I can make great things happen. Be still and know that I am God. And it, it's just like like I said before, sometimes these gifts they suck. Sometimes it's just like, why, man? Why did I have to take on all those feelings and emotions that that girl had where she was in so much pain? But in moments like that, it makes me realize, oh, I can do something great with this. This is a gift that God has given me that I can excel at and I can really help people. Do you think that everybody has gifts? I do. I think it says it. I think every, every child of God is given a gift through the Holy Spirit. But do you think that, that every yeah? Do you think everybody gets the chance to like unlock that? Well, not gets the chance to. I shouldn't say that. But do you think everybody does unlock that? I don't think everyone does. I think you have to work for it. Yeah. Okay. I I. My entire life, I spent at that church camp. I spent, what what, what So I, I went there as I when I was a kid, 
and while I was a kid, the entire time I was searching for God. I was searching for these spiritual gifts, and I, I like six years straight, I searched for this, and it was something that didn't come fast. It didn't come easily. It was a lot of searching and hard times working through spiritually what I believe, scripturally what I believe, and the God that I believe in, and figuring it all out, and then eventually the spiritual gifts came to me, and now there are certain attributes of the gifts that I have that I can do but if someone never looks for it and is never seeking these things no they're never gonna get it but like Matt said earlier I do believe that there are the everyday gifts that we have like you you're really good at talking to people and marketing them and bringing up Christian like I'm talking to Matt Reitler you're really good at bringing up Christianity and the Bible in your work everyday conversations and stuff like that i suck at that yeah that's hard <laughs> like like that's an that's an everyday gift that i do believe that you possess because i i can't like i have a hard time turning a conversation towards god and like if i'm just talking to someone on the side of the street i have a hard time bringing god up another one is generosity that's a big one that when it like you know whenever you meet someone who's really generous like that's a that's a definitely a spiritual gift and uh that's one that hospitality hospitality yeah that there's uh, there's tests you can take we took like, one i uh, took one but i don't remember what i don't remember what my results were but spiritual gift test. Like, yeah spiritual gift test if you google it you could probably take one yeah, you'll find it what did you get dakota when you took yours um oh i forget what the one was it was um it was apostleship talk and... The, get, talk towards the mic. Oh, sorry. It was apostleship, and I can't remember what the other word was, but the... the, the um. It was like building. I, yeah, something. I guess the meaning. I, I don't know if that's the word I want, but the meaning of both of them. The apostleship was building the church in, like, the, the personal aspect, like, where you get those one-on-one -on -one connections, and you can, like, build the church, like, people-wise. And then whatever... Oh, man, I can't remember the word for the other one. But the other one was, like, building the church, like, in a physical sense where, like, you have the ability and the the capabilities to, like, you know, literally build the church. Like, you can help build a church, plant churches, renovate new churches, stuff like that. My, mine were discernment and missionary. So, like, it, missionary doesn't just only mean going out to a different country. Yeah. It's, it's talking to the people around you and just being the man of God that I know that I am and then people see it and I can bring them closer to God. There's countries that send missionaries to America. Just putting that out there. Yeah. Yeah. America, America, yeah, man, America needs it bad. We need it. Like, so I, I went on a mission trip. Me and Dakota went to Jamaica. We need it more than they do sometimes. Yeah. Those, those people are happy and I've, healthy. Yeah, I've never been to, I've never been out of the U.S., but I've heard a lot of stories about like places where that are not as wealthy, like jamaica i have friends that went to africa mm -hmm. um but they're happier they are more it seems they're more reliant on god and they like so the spiritual gifts this is kind of what i was going to tie into okay. healing tongues stuff like that uh i i've in what i've heard are quite often more evident evident and like present in places like that yeah for sure um in a, in the american church uh there's a lot of 
discomfort. Shallow Christianity. Agreed. And I think that has diminished the work of the church. I think it's diminished the work of God. Yes, I would agree. It's funny, um, people think just because you have money, you don't need God. Like, just because, like, our our economy is good and, like, a lot of people have, like, nice houses and nice cars and everything. Like, we think that we don't need outreach and stuff in our area, so we send people to more undeveloped countries and stuff like that. Like, they need it just because they don't have the booming economy that we do. One thing I learned down in Jamaica was they're in want not need not people like they have what they have and they're good with it then they're so much happier than anyone i've ever met in america they 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 don't they don't they don't want for all this crap that we do like i have a perfectly fine working cell phone i want a new phone my laptop works and everything i want a new computer and it they would never think of things like that and I'm sure they do. Like, there's always outliers and stuff like that. But, like, the people that I met are just so happy to be alive, be with their family and things like that. And that that's what just saddens me about America and, like, the wealth and developed nation that we are. We are just wasteful and are, we want, 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 want. I think something you said on one of the last episodes uh, about a lot of well you you went to it might have been jamaica on that missions trip and you were you you were more changed and impacted by the holy spirit yep than the people that you went to help 100 percent. and i believe that is that is a big thing that happens in missions is the people that go to share the gospel get transformed and changed by the holy spirit more than they like think they're it's it's crazy I, that's one of the things that i want to experience sometimes is to go and and uh out of the country and, well, me and, and experience Pete, that me and peter going to guatemala peter's one of our friends uh me and peter going to guatemala in two three weeks i'm really excited dude it's not soon yeah, dude. Yeah, is it, is we're going to have to record a lot of podcasts. June. June. I'm, I'm leaving June 10th, dude. Bring Pete on. <laughs> dude, yeah, we might. to hear how that trip went. Me and Pete might have to come on and talk about the experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but no, we do have to record. <laughs> we do have to record a bunch of podcasts because I'm not going to be here next weekend or the weekend after. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, we got because I'll be gone for 20 days. Am I calling off work tomorrow? Why are you gone next weekend? Uh, next weekend is Sophie's graduation party. The weekend after that, I have a meeting for youth for youth camp. Well, how long is that? Oh, you're going to be in West Virginia both weeks. Mm-hmm. Recording in West Virginia, anybody? <laughs> you guys want to come to a graduation party next weekend? <laughs> um, I don't think I can. Well, I'm just kidding. I have, to, I have to help Macker move. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Out. Um. But I do want to get back into the question that I proposed. Um, uh, okay, wait. But before that, I do. We didn't finish. Are you going back to spiritual gifts? Because you didn't finish. We, no, I want to get back to that. But I do want to say for the missions thing, Dakota can even attest to as being youth leaders. That has changed us maybe more than the kids because we're learning so much. 
and I feel like it's it's a stepping stone for something in our lives next. Yeah, that I, we're I, learning. Even, even at church this morning, um, there was there's this one girl in our our group, um, and pastor was just going on. Get up and on in the about, mic. Huh? Get up in the mic. You're like. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I wasn't. I was thinking more than I was talking. Yeah. Um, there there was this one girl that we have in our group and pastor was just going on and on about you know what he was going on and on about and at some point like the music they had the music playing in the background pretty loud today which they normally have it like quiet and he was just talking more intense to go over the music which i liked because it was like uh, i guess I, I don't know for me i think that's way more impactful um and he singled out this one girl just in the middle of what he was talking about and she's one like of our kids yeah 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 and it was like front row, up in the up in the corner or whatever, and he just started talking to her, like to her directly in the mic. I mean, like people were like hearing it, but like it was for her, and um, you know, he was like, you know, whenever pastor tells you to do something real quick, you should do it because that is definitely your your um what what like your God moment where it's like do it mm-hmm. and you're gonna get something out of it. So she did it, and then. A couple like he said a couple more things and then like five minutes later he went back over to her and he was like you need to go get prayed with and she like kind of hesitated for a couple minutes and then as soon as I saw her walking over I just kind of like teared up a little bit and I just started praying in tongues to myself and I like realized that I was doing it and I was like oh I don't I don't know how people feel about that so I kind of like tried I think to they're like, okay with it I think the they're okay with it yeah but I didn't I didn't want to like freak anybody out or whatever so I but it's just I, I kind of had a little moment to myself today when I saw that because it, it's definitely not one of the ones that I would have thought would do it. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was I thought that was a really cool moment. I'm hoping that sticks with her. Okay, so are we are we gonna get are we gonna get into Sp- the, the down and dirty here? Spiritual gifts, the gifts. Hold on. Okay, so you you talked about speaking in tongues. Yes. I also speak in yes. tongues. Just I to under- be clear, I un- yeah, I understand. Tongues. Yeah. Um. There are there are some people who well okay so in uh, chapter fourteen of Corinthians there's a whole section about how tongues need to be interpreted. Yes, I have a rebuttal. Okay, all y'all go at this because okay so I don't know anything. without you reading without reading the verse, um like without just reading it right now um when it says tongues need to be interpreted, it is talking about a disruption. There are there are times where a pastor will be preaching and the Holy Spirit will come down and someone will be screaming in tongues in the church. I don't know what that noise was. Um, uh, I think the dish, the dishes are done. If anyone wants to go unload my dishwasher, um, so th- there are times where the pastor will be preaching and someone will be screaming in tongues in the church and it will disrupt and it will take away from what the pastor is saying and that is not God. That is not right, and that is never what God wants to do. But there are times where someone starts speaking in tongues in their voice, and they're loud, and they're maybe not yelling, but they're speaking in tongues in an impactful way, loud to the church. But when that happens, and it is God, this peace comes upon everything else that's happening, and it's, you know. Like, everything just quiets down, and that message in tongues comes out. And when when you see both of them, you realize which one is God and which one is someone trying to get attention. 
because there are people that pretend to speak in tongues to get attention. But when, when it is God and when, when everything just calms down and there is silence other than the person that is speaking in tongues giving a message, within the neck, I don't know exactly what the verse says, but within, in my experience, within the next five to ten minutes, someone will get a message and be able to interpret. And I have, I have experienced it where I've never been given that opportunity to interpret a speaking in tongues message that has never come to me anything like that but i have seen it where someone was given the interpretation and they were too scared to do it and that message went uninterpreted which that's where we get into so that person disobeyed what god said that's where we get into is are you hindering god's God's will. Are, are you doing something wrong because you didn't interpret their message even though you got the interpretation? Mm-hmm. And, and, and when I say you get the interpretation for people who have never experienced something like this, like Matt was saying earlier where the Holy Spirit takes over and he's talking to that kid and he doesn't even know what he's saying, it, words just come out of your mouth. You don't know what's going on. And, and like for me, I've had it where, not, not this specific situation, but what if, I'm, if I'm up preaching and giving a message or something, I, I black out, dude. Like, I, I have no idea what's going on. But then afterwards, everyone's like, oh, my gosh, the message was great. You spoke, you spoke right to me. I'm like, dude, I don't even know what I said. <laughs> and so, so to come back to speaking in tongues, I believe, and I, and I believe that it says this in the Bible, everyone who is filled with the Holy Spirit and is a worshiper of Jesus is given the spiritual gift to speak in tongues if they seek it. I disagree. Do you? Okay. Yeah, very. I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Let's so, talk about it. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, I, I know a lot of people that are very devoted Christians that have sought for the gift of tongues for a long time. Um, and they've never received that. Um, there's a, I believe, John Piper. I, I think it's John Piper. He's he's one of those people that I, I believe um, uh, that has sought for that for, and he's he's an older dude. Mm-hmm. He's sought for that for a long time, and if, at least that's. Don't take my word for <laughs> truth, like facts on this, but I'm pretty sure he's one of them. Um, I I have also uh it's been something that I've sought for a few years and have not um personally received the the gift of being able to speak in tongues um but yeah I I don't I don't agree that that gift is for all Christians um I don't know the exact verse, so I can't like. It's it's in chapter fourteen. It's not. It doesn't, or at least what I have read so far, it doesn't say that it. Everybody has it. It's Paul says, "I wish you all spoke with tongues." Like, okay. I so, I I do believe that the Holy Spirit gives gifts to every everyone that is you know seeking for gifts. Um, at some point it might not be one of these specific gifts that that's talked about in Corinthians but um, 
as far as tongues goes, I don't, I do not believe that every Christian is is able to receive that. And I can't, I can't argue personal experience. There's like, if if, mm-hmm. if like someone is searching for it and they've never received it, there's nothing I can argue about that. But I do believe that God will give it to you when it's needed. Yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. If if like if God wants to to give you that gift he will but yeah um to say that every christian can receive it if they seek for it i I don't necessarily agree with that Mm -hmm. it's very fitting that we talk about this on pentecost sunday too is it pentecost it is that's crazy which is no way which is when which is when the tongues was like first given that's like when the holy spirit first came yes after jesus you know he you know jesus did what it does and died and went back up to heaven or whatever so and then whenever he left, like to go to heaven, he was like, "Just wait, don't do anything, don't do anything crazy, don't go off the walls, just just wait. The Holy Spirit's gonna come to you." And whenever that time finally came, that was what was called Pentecost, which just means fifty days. Well, the, so the disciples were up in that upper room. They were in the upper mm-hmm. room of the temple or whatever, do, you know, doing what it does, and. All of a sudden, this little, this little like fireball or whatever comes up above their head. There's tongues of fire. Dude. Yeah, I would. I wish I could have seen what that looked like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that'd have been crazy, probably dude. like one of the trippiest things you could ever see. Dude, it probably fire. freed some people but, out. Yeah. Well, well, in that specific story, though, the the disciples went down into the streets and they started praying, and it says they were praying in tongues and preaching and preaching. Yeah, pr- praying and preaching in tongues, but that didn't mean the tongues that we're talking about right now it also meant the other languages yes because they were in jerusalem yeah they were in jerusalem and jerusalem was a like a hub for everyone else to come and do like merchant stuff and so they would they would be around and there'd be people from like rome people from greece like all different places that spoke different languages and the disciples would speak in those languages mm-hmm. that they didn't know that's in that story that's what that is i'm sure there were people speaking in like the holy tongue yeah. which th- for those that don't know also the holy tongue is the angel language pretty yeah, much yeah Basically. that's that's what it's referred like the to language there's, of God, there's different types of speaking in tongues that yeah. was in air quotes right. yeah like he, he even um in that because the when it Holy stutter much, huh? <laughs> Whenever it starts talking about like the speaking in tongues and stuff at Pentecost, that's in Acts chapter two. And then it you know, they're doing the thing, everybody's like speaking in different languages to all these people that can hear them and stuff like that. And then at some point it's actually subtitled Peter addresses the crowd. So that is when he that's like your how we were talking about like the interpretation of the tongues and stuff. I mean, I know it's like a little bit different. But Peter comes up and he kind of like clears the air and everything. And he even says um in verse 14 and 15, he stood up with the disciples, raised his voice, talked to everybody. And he was like every, every... I have a fancy dishwasher. I'm sorry. It's doing a song and dance. It's the dishwasher. It's done. okay. I'll, I'll go turn it off. Anyway, um Ah, piss. Knocking <laughs> <laughs> <Locking> everything over. <laughs> um, he goes up there and he's like, yo, everybody here, Jews that live here, everybody else that lives here, he's like, let me explain this to you and li- listen carefully to what I have to say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. 
So he, he comes out and he's just like, listen, I know what you're thinking. It's not what it is. This is this is not this is not a, a tripped out experience. What you're well, I mean, I guess it technically is, but it's not like an induced experiment. Sounds like Peter's throwing here. down the gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> Peter's setting it straight here. And then he goes on to say, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And then he explains everything that they were, you know, speaking in their tongues about. And he clears the air for everybody. Do you know what's interesting about that? Uh, Peter clears the air for everybody at the same time. He's speaking all and these all different them, languages at the same time, dude. Like, what? Yep. How many thousands of people were saved that day? Wasn't it like five? Five thousand? Yeah, it's something I don't remember. Uh, does it say it? In I there? think it says. That's nuts. Oh look, I don't know. I don't it's a really it's big number. number. Yeah, um, a okay. Lot of them. Oh, here we go. Look at that. Turn right to it. Unreal. So, do we want to get into? Yes. Baptism of the Holy Spirit. Yes. How? How? What are your guys' thoughts on that? And what like? You start. No, you start. I don't know how to start. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, wait, okay, so when you said, what are your thoughts on it? Like, do you, like, do you think, like, okay, well, let me let me throw this bone to the dog. I'm, I'm full of sayings okay. today. Yep, I'm trying yep. them out, you know? I'm here for it. Um, do, you, do, you need to, do you need to be baptized to go to heaven? Whoa, 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 whoa. Throw that I, one out there. I would baptize, there you go, Baptism answer. in water? Bapti- wait, what baptism are you talking about? Water or Holy Spirit? Bapti- well, okay. to, go, to go to heaven? What were you talking about? He was talking Holy Spirit. I'm, yeah. Oh, I thought no, you meant water. What does that mean? There's a good place to start. Which, wait, what? Bapti- wait, are we talking about okay. water or Holy Spirit? Baptism in the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That's where I want, yeah. Start with that. All right, go with that. so, baptism of the Holy Spirit is a... Is a I am not 100% sure of where I stand on this concept. Okay. Um, baptism of the Holy Spirit is uh, something that it's taught that that is when you receive the gifts, some, something like tongues or healing or um, other gifts like that. Um one of the it I, I don't know if i'd call it an issue um qualms it, it comes to mind whenever I, I think of this whole concept of baptism of the holy spirit is are you getting more like do you have less holy spirit whenever you become saved like than someone who's baptized in the holy spirit because when you first become a Christian, you get the Holy Spirit. Receive, you receive. But you get, like, more of it when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. So that's something that I kind of wrestle with is, like, is God holding out on these people until they get baptized in the Holy Spirit? I, I think I kind of agree. And I, I have yet to really dig into... It, Dakota's holding up his phone. It's 3,000 saved at the Pentecost. Um, I haven't dug into it quite enough but I haven't personally found a whole lot of scriptural evidence pointing towards this second baptism of the Holy Spirit. So there, there are some instances that it's kind of referred to, but I, I, I'm not sure. Th- this is me just talking my thoughts out loud to give them to everyone. But so when you're, f- so when you are saved and you accept Jesus as your savior and all that mumbo jumbo, you not jubbly. You, uh, oh my <laughs> that's when you receive the Holy Spirit. Yeah. 
Yeah. Correct? Yes. So that, that we all are on the same page with that. Yes. Okay, so with baptism of the Holy Spirit, the idea is that you are now filled with more power than before. So are, are you... What, what are you saying? You're saying that you don't understand if God's just kind of holding out on someone before they accept him further? Is I don't, that, well, see, here's the thing. that Because I, I know whenever you become saved, like you make that step to surrender your life to Jesus, um, you're a Christian, um, and that's a decision that, that you make. Mm-hmm. Um, by the grace of God. And when it comes to baptism of the Holy Spirit, I I know people that desire that and pray for it and ask for it, but it it hasn't happened. So so what is the evidence that it hasn't? Well, what is the evidence that it has in your eyes, and what is the evidence well, that it hasn't? As far as I know, and what people have told me that have been, they, you know when it happens. This is what, basically what they, they tell me. Yes, you do. Yeah. So that, that's, that's the biggest thing. Go ahead. You done? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> um, we just had a big brother, little brother moment. <laughs> big brother was like, dude, shut up. Older brother. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's Matt is taller than me by like four, like four, four, <laughs> inches, like four inches. <laughs> um, yes, I think I think you do know, and you've definitely experienced. It's it's just like I've only experienced it like twice, and it was like at conferences, like youth conferences, and mm-hmm. it's like you get cold. Yes. And then it's just waves of like heat that just like will not stop running yes. through your body. So, so it's my experience where I, when I believed that I was quote unquote filled with the Holy Spirit, um, I was praying, 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 just like an emotional wreck. And then it was that cold feeling. I've never heard anybody be able to describe that well. So and I think you guys just did. It was like well, a cold well, so breeze. Yeah, that's a good. good well, so for, but for like me, in your body, but yeah, yeah, it's 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 a. And like most times that I feel like I've actually encountered the presence of a supernatural being, God or angel, it's been a feeling like mm-hmm. that where my body is cold and then warm. But when I when I feel like I was filled with the Holy Spirit, it was that feeling, and then this just peace. Oh yeah. Like yeah. like time stands still. Yeah, like there's just this let go of everything else in the world that you think that matters, and you realize none of it does. Just being in this moment and being with God is what matters. So that that's that's what I equate to me being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's now that I have dug deep and now that I've tried to experience God in these ways, he has given me the power to be in his presence more often. Where if, uh, like I had it happen the other day when I was reading that book that Thomas gave me, where I, w- I was reading it, something hit me in the book. I closed the book. I started praying, and I was listening to, <laughs> I think it was like Red. <laughs> and I was listening. I was listening to this like hardcore Christian rock music, and I just started praying, and that overwhelming peace came over me, and all of the problems that I was thinking about that I had were just like, let it go, 
be still and know that I am God type situation. Yeah. And that that's what I think that being filled with the Holy Spirit is. Like, yes, there are the spiritual gifts and stuff that come with it, mm-hmm. but I don't know exactly where I stand on that. But when I think of being filled with the Holy Spirit, it is the ability to connect with that inner peace type thing. And I know that sounds like super hippie, but like, <laughs> it's what it is. So there's a, well, being filled with the Holy Spirit, you as a Christian, you're called to be being filled. We The pastor at New Life talked about this last week. Were you there? Last week? Yeah. yeah we went Saturday. Um, and uh, so being filled with the Holy Spirit, being in the Holy Spirit's presence and, like, feeling that. Because I, I have experienced those types of of moments where you're, you like, you know you're in the Spirit or you're in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to be filled with the Holy Spirit, but this whole idea of being baptized in the Holy Spirit, it, it, I think is slightly different. I'm not sure exactly what it means. Yeah, I don't, I'm not. Yeah, me neither. So, People talk about it all the time. So, so, yeah, so there's there's the baptism in the Holy Spirit, but what do, what do we, like, where, so do you have the biblical verse where it says baptism in the Holy Spirit? No. <laughs> Doesn't it? it, it was, on there's one in Acts, I believe. Yeah, but there was there, did, where did, did Jesus talked about it as well, or John the Baptist did. But yeah, so what what does it logistically mean? I mean, because there has to be. Oh, did you put your laptop <laughs> away? Bible. That, that's what oh. I was saying whenever we first got started, because that's something that I don't even think I've ever heard of before. Oh really? Yeah, like uh, like what does that mean? Someone that knows more about this than I do and has looked a lot more into this idea of baptism of the Holy Spirit is. Mm, really? So if you guys do have him on for the uh, after the missions trip, ask him about it. He 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 would he would love to talk about it with you guys. I think. Uh, we we definitely will have him on because I want to talk about the missions trip with him because he'll definitely experience some stuff different than me and it'll just be really cool. Yeah. He he okay. So there's a preacher. Uh, his name's Jonathan Shuttlesworth. Yep. Mm. He's I'm pretty sure he's, most he's of us really, have heard him. He's really cool. Uh, Pete went. To, Pete and his brothers went to. Uh, I know at least one of his revival meetings and he told me about it and it, it sounded pretty awesome uh like the holy spirit was there and jonathan shuttlesworth is a pastor that works in the spirit he he is a believer in all the spiritual gifts and the power that they hold and he he believes that they hold a lot more power than most pastors like to think they do and he's from pittsburgh yeah he's he's a he's a very spiritual realm pastor Oh, yeah. And he believes in all of these things. Evangelist, yeah, yeah he's, he's not. A, he's a traveler. But, like, there there are these churches and stuff that just straight up are like, nah, it's not for me. Yeah. But I don't yeah, agree I don't. with that. It, like, if it's in the I Bible think, and God says it's a thing, I'm here for it. Like, give me it. I, yeah. I do, yeah, a lot of a lot of churches, I don't think, talk about the spiritual stuff enough. They, like, avoid it because it is... Controversial. It's, it's deep. And it's controversial. And I, I think it's important i think that's wrong i think it's crazy that it's controversial i think it's because people like to like to base themselves in quote-unquote reality but but for me 100 percent, there is a spiritual aspect to this planet people don't like to see it but there are spirits there there is a different i guess realm there there are angels there are demons there are these things working yeah, I mean, the bible that we can't talks see about it. but like even even farther than if people that don't believe in the bible there are spiritual things in this world 
yet we equate it to the things of the Bible. But there are people that don't aren't Christians and stuff that still are oh, connected yeah. to these spirits. Right. So what actually? That, that's something that I struggle with. Like, what actually is out there? If there are people that don't believe in Christianity or don't even really believe in God, that still connect with these things, then like I think it is still. I think it's still spiritual. God. I think it's still yeah. God. Yeah, but like yeah. what? I guess what I'm saying is like they still connect with it. So like it's not even that it's just a realm for people that are Christians and believe in God and believe in the Holy Spirit. But like, I don't know, it's just crazy for me to think about that there's actually something out there that we can't explain. And it's not just because we're connected as Christians that we see it. It's that there's actually something out there that, I don't know, you just can't explain it. It's crazy. So let's go back to the whole creation thing. This is kind of getting off topic now. Nothing's off topic. You Have you heard our podcast? <laughs> yeah, I know. Okay, but um, the whole... Um, God creating man in his own image and you had talked about everybody like having different attributes or you know maybe some people have this attribute of God some people have this attribute of God if every human is made in God's image why okay so is that physical if God's not a physical being then it could be so it's spiritual so it's the human spirit is made in God's image So, so that means Regardless of if people choose to accept it or not, they have a piece of God in them. Yeah. So why couldn't they be able to connect to? Yeah. No, I agree. The spiritual realm. One hundred percent. Like, like people that mess with like Ouija boards and stuff. Nuts. I think I think they're messing with demons. Yeah. Yes. I think for sure. For sure. But I do. So so I will say this because I had this argument with Luke, our our other buddy. He our entire lives wanted to mess with Ouija boards, and I was the person that was just up on him about it i was like do not do it like please and i was begging him i was like if you go and get one i'm leaving like i'm not doing that don't do it and he was always like why are you so scared of it dude like it's not gonna do anything it's not that bad luke's a little mexican indian boy um (laughs) (laughs) he's like it's not that bad dude like what and then i was like you know what let me do some biblical research so i researched it in saul Mm -hmm. no not saul yeah. Solomon. Saul. Saul? The, the, the king. King Saul. King Saul cast out all of the Medians, uh, sorcerers, and something else out of Jerusalem. Israel. Israel. All of Israel. Uh, they, he cast them out of all of Israel because they were tampering with things that God didn't agree with. They were, they were tapping into demonic stuff. But then when he cast them out, his prophet of God, who was Samuel? Yes. Samuel died. Uh, I think Samuel was already dead. Yes. He he was, he was, he, I don't know which, I don't know which prophet of Kings. Samuel was the, I believe, the guy that was there when Saul was started at least. Well, he died. Samuel anointed him. Yes, so it was Samuel, I'm pretty sure. So Samuel died, and then Saul cast out all the medians and the things that connect to spirits, all the people that were, quote-unquote, good at that. Then Saul needed help. He didn't know who to turn to, and he wanted to talk to Samuel. So he left Jerusalem, and he covered himself in a cloak and like hid his face. He went and he talked to this median, and they connected with the spirit of Samuel. And it says this in Kings. 
They connected with the spirit of Samuel, and Samuel came to him, and he, was, he gave him the answer that he wanted. But then Samuel said to King Saul, he said, But because you have disturbed me from my peace, you are now cursed. And I don't remember what he cursed him with, but he said, You are now cursed. Don't disturb me. That, right there. Saul talked to a good spirit. A spirit that was a prophet of God and still had negative repercussions for it. So if I can talk to a good spirit and get negative repercussions, why would I want to talk to any spirit? Why would I use a Ouija board and try and connect to any other spirit? Once they're gone, they're gone. I'm, I'm not about it anymore. We'll, we'll let that happen. I'm going to deal with God and how he works. I don't want to try and tap into some of that voodoo, hickey voodoo stuff. There's a that stuff scares me. There's a theory that... Get closer. Sorry. There's a theory. It's actually in 2 Samuel, I think. It's not in... Or no, it would be in 1 Samuel. Right? Find that verse about him talking to the thing. Yeah. Let's go to Google. I think it's in one of the... I think it's in... I got it. I think it's in one of the Samuels. It might be in Kings, but if it's in Kings, it's definitely in 1. I didn't I didn't see it. it um, anyways, yeah, there's... way back Googling stuff. There's, there's, a, there's a theory that... And I don't know how biblically based it is that it wasn't actually Samuel's spirit. It First was Samuel. a demon impersonating Samuel. But he gave him the right answer. Yeah. Because But demons don't know God. Yeah, they do. The, but the demons don't know God's like... Well, maybe they do. I, I, so, so in my head, the, the demons are disconnected from God. They've been cast out. But they know who he is. They know who he is, but they're not going to know the will of God anymore. It doesn't mean he can't use them. What do you mean? It doesn't mean God couldn't use a demon to get his will done. Agree. Like I said, it was just a theory. I don't agree with that theory, but it's a theory that somebody's talked about. 1 Samuel chapter 28. Do you want to read it? It's probably a lot. It's pretty long. Yes. Uh, so if you guys want to fact check me, it's First Samuel chapter twenty-eight. Is that right? Yeah. First yeah. Samuel twenty-eight. Yeah, I don't so even I just, remember what I was looking up, but then I found I the whole genealogy of Jesus. So I just I, <laughs> like it, yeah, Luke. Th- the end of Luke three literally says like the whole way from Jesus, the whole way back to Adam, and then God. But the so that, that that's my. Yeah, just yeah. I don't know how yeah, I ended up there, but I ended up there. There's a lot of genealogy in the Bible. Yeah. Okay. So verse fourteen. Um. Uh, we'll start in. Uh, Eleven. Uh, and he said, bring up Samuel for me. The woman saw, when the woman saw Samuel, she cried out with a loud voice. And the woman spoke to Saul, saying, why have you deceived me? Um, skip down to 14, or no, 13, end of 13. And the woman said to Saul, I saw a spirit ascending out of the earth. An old, uh, she said, it's an old man coming up. He is covered with a mantle. Saul perceived that it was Samuel and stooped with his face to the ground and bowed down. Yeah. Uh, now Samuel said to Saul, why have you disturbed me? by bringing me up and Saul answered I am deeply distressed and he just goes into why uh verse 16 so why do you ask me seeing the Lord has departed from you and become your enemy the Lord has done for himself as spoke by me for the Lord has torn the kingdom out of your hand and given it to your neighbor David because you did not obey the voice of the Lord nor execute his fierce wrath therefore the Lord has done this to you uh verse 
skip to the end of the verse. And tomorrow you and your sons will be with me. The Lord will also deliver the army of Israel into the hand of the Philistines. So literally the next day he dies. Yep. I'm not about it, wow. dude. Okay, so get in, now you get into the spiritual realm. Are you saying that there was a, like... I guess when it, whenever it comes to the supernatural, there's no way to have answers, but... At that point, do you say people in the Old Testament didn't go to heaven, that his spirit could come back to earth? Wait, wait, what? If Samuel's spirit came out of the earth, are you like? does that say that he was not in heaven with God? No, I think that, the, that we just can have a connection to this realm that okay. God can work with. Because there, there are invisible angels and demons all around us. Care to weigh in, Matt? <laughs> uh, so when it comes to well like you said spiritual stuff there's not really any way to know but also does it matter how God showed this spirit to Saul no it really doesn't Right. It is fun to like get into these conversations about this kind of stuff. What do, what do you what do you mean? Does it matter how God showed the spirit to Saul? Like, does it matter that he went through a median? No, no. I, I'm just saying, like, if it was a, a demon, that, that theory, I don't necessarily believe that. Oh, but, okay. But or if it was actually Samuel, or or like, it, the fact is, there was they a saw spirit something of Samuel. That or appeared to be Samuel, that told Saul he was going to die, <laughs> and then he died. Saying we're wasting our time. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, no, which, no, what, no. what we always end up coming to <laughs> is that we kind of waste our time, but it's it, not really a waste. Isn't it kind of no. crazy though? That, like the whole like moral of that, at least for me, the whole moral of what I just took away from that is he disobeyed God and it just died. Well, so the the whole point of it was that Samuel died, and then God told Saul that God was not on Saul's side anymore. And Saul got scared. And so he brought Samuel back because he wanted to talk to a person. Right. And then Samuel was like, dude, you're not in God's favor anymore. You're dead. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. The fact is, the spiritual realm is very real. (laughs) And that's what what we were kind of targeting here. Something I was thinking about, and there's no way I'm actually going to be able to put my thoughts into words here, but like, we have our physical bodies and we know that there are mediums and we know that there is a spiritual realm. Do you believe in mediums and things like that? Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay, cool. I mean, I think um, this is okay. hold on, Wait, wait, let me finish this thought. Because this, this is something I, I wish someone could like understand what I'm saying, but like we have our physical bodies, we know that there's a spiritual realm. Whenever we die, I guess this is a qu- more of a question on consciousness. Whenever we die and our physical bodies die and we transition to that spiritual realm, I guess what does that spiritual realm look like and how do we make that transition that, and what are we right now? That goes back into that heaven and hell thing that I researched a long time ago where what do you believe happens to your consciousness once you die? Yeah. And, and as Christians, we believe our consciousness, quote unquote, is our spirit. Where does it go? What does heaven look like? What are you... Where does my spirit go? I don't know how to make a connection here. My brain's like spinning I, I think I think that aside from what scripture tells us, there's no way to have an answer for that. And there isn't an answer. 
it, it'll be yeah. perfect. We'll know when we're dead. And yeah, that's all much questions that you that need answered are answered. Will be Dang. answered. Never looked at it like that before. I, I so have, I have a question it, that's kind of it's, off topic. It's go ahead. We, yeah, we're going over, but it's fine. I'm not worried about it. Um, so this is going to get kind of dark for a second. So nice. this this past weekend, my cousin, he's like my third cousin. I didn't ever really know him. I think I met him like twice. I don't remember him. He killed himself. And his mother uh, wrote on Facebook and stuff like, uh, like, I need everyone to know, like, hold your family close. Like, this is really hard and all that's junk. And she said in it that the only thing that's holding her together right now is that she knew that her son um, accepted Jesus and that he just struggled with depression and life got really hard for him. So as far as suicide goes, do you believe that you're still going to heaven? I've never looked into it. I, I, yeah, that's I a that's a I hard one. Back thought. And I I don't have a I don't know either. I've I've thought about it and talked about it with people some, but I don't know. I don't have really any scriptural references to pull for it. My instinct would be to say yes. You still you still do. Because why why would Okay, suicide's a sin. Obviously, it's not good to take your own life. But if all sins are equal in God's eyes, why would that one unsave you? And all sins are forgiven so, and paid for. So you've, we've all heard the stories of people that have never accepted Jesus their entire lives and then on their deathbed accept Jesus. And we, I guess, believe that they go to heaven then because they accepted Jesus on their deathbed. What if I accepted Jesus very young? And then lived a life not of God whatsoever. So that, I guess this is a loss of faith question. If you lose it, did you ever have it? To that's begin with? yeah. That's the question. No, that's that. It's so, just it's so rough. Do you guys believe it's a, in? If it's the end result that matters. Then if you lose so, it, so do I have you, to? If you quote unquote lose it, then at the end of the day, you never really had it. So do I have to repent right before I die? I, 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 I <laughs> Hi, Dakota. <laughs> found something on it. That was, a, that was a perfect way to word that, by the way. Um, Revelation 21, which uh, background is the first to last chapter of the entire Bible. Um, it goes on to talk about toward the end of the chapter. I'm just going to try to somehow glance through this. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be no one, or there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. So, like that, almost kind of sounds like both, because it says nothing impure will ever enter it, and then it. But, like, it talks about, like, the like, you know, if your name's in the book of life, your name's in the book of life, like, you're good. So, if you accept Jesus, you're good. So, I mean, I, that's, what I, that's what I took from it. So, then, just living a life towards God is just building up treasures. Well, so that's, 
if you accept Jesus into your heart, that's kind of a, I don't necessarily like that phrase because it's a kid's church. It's a kid's, it's a kid's thing. If you say you accept Jesus and you do not bear fruit that exemplifies your salvation, I would, I would question the sincerity of salvation. Um, I think I agree. That's it. That's the whole, like, you know, um, faith and works discussion, you know, you like, yeah i will show you my faith because of the way that i live there, my life there like paul says faith without works is dead uh i believe yeah yeah so yeah I, yeah that's i believe that if you are saved you will bear fruit you will live a a life seeking to be righteous you'll just and, want to yeah. yeah yeah that's yeah. a good way to put it i don't know you I've not done extensive research into it. I haven't either. I just was opening it up to see if anyone had any thoughts on it. So I think you said something about accepting Jesus um, as a as a young kid and then not living a life uh, honoring to God. I would say, or I would question the reality of, of the, the salvation. Faith. Yeah. Because... I mean, on the, I, I, at least for me, I, I was a very young kid whenever I accepted Jesus. We'll and I'm sure you were like, uh, it's called christened, like what your parents we were, were dedicated. Just, dedicated. 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 That's what dedicated. Yeah. 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 So that I, I claimed to be saved when I was, I think it was like five or six probably, but I had no clue what that really meant. Yeah. So not until like probably probably junior or senior year of high Same. school actually understand that I had to like make my faith real like myself not kind of you don't get just, to just coast through you can't just go to church on Sundays and know what to say because Evangel Heights made it really easy to be a fake Christian at least for me yeah, for all, yeah for I, all I loved going there and learning stuff but because you were surrounded by Christianity, it was easy to coast. Yeah. And you, yeah. So making faith your own, that didn't come to me until probably late, late in high school, a few years ago. Um, and uh, I haven't really seen a growth in my life until that point uh, up to now. So, um, yeah, that's that's what I got. <laughs> um, so we are at an hour seventeen. We'll end it here, and we will loop back around to similar topics next episode. Um, this has been the Common Chaos Podcast, episode twenty-one. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Thank you. We'll see you next time. <laughs>